Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast, where we find dope people that did dope stuff. And this gentleman here, I have watched for a decade or more of really uh, being a true voice. There's a lot of influencers out here, but not many actual actually can influence people to do something. Yeah, I was about to say, what actually is influence? I mean, some people can call themselves something. Yeah. Doesn't actually mean they can deliver. Man. You know, and You've I think been real, yeah. I mean, real influence is actually what you said, making people want to do the things that you are doing. And for almost over two decades, you know, I've been doing that. You've been in the game for almost two decades. Yes. Since when? Uh, 1992, I moved to Atlanta to go to Morris Brown College, the newly accredited Morris Brown College. Are they College. back? Welcome back. back. Um, but then I started throwing parties like halfway in. So I you know, and I stopped going to school. So you get to school, start throwing parties, then withdraw from school, but you still throwing a party at the school? Yeah, so I went to Morris Brown. I, I played ball. Big shout out to my sons. They're both on scholarship in college. I did good. They're good humans. Um, but that was my dream to hoop. Mm-hmm. And so after I got out of jail, I got locked up my senior year in high school. And so when, after I got out of jail, my cousin so went to Morris. Trying to be Scarface. The whole era tried to be Scarface. Just traffic. In high school? Yeah. Oh, was, what, what what city is this? D.C. D.C. in yeah. the 80s? No, this is the early 90s. Early 90s? End of, yeah. But I started hustling in the 80s, for sure. Really? Yeah, I'm old. Shit. How old were you when you started? Um, 16 when I started hustling. I was 18 as a senior in high school. Got tripped up. Lost my basketball scholarship. So what would have been offers? Um. Mm-hmm. And then my cousin went to Morehouse, and he was like, yo, Freaknik is coming. You got to come to Freaknik. I'm like, what is a Freaknik? <laughs> what do you mean? What is this place you talk of? <laughs> and um, he literally was like, you know, come down. I got clear with my PO, and I came down. It changed my life. Mm. Like seeing all these black people from all over the world like me. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, because I'm from D.C., 10 yeah. mile by 10 mile. You know what I mean? It's a district. It's not even a real city. So. What, did, what did you see that? that stood out to you? I mean, just creativity. I mean, at that time, a different world was on TV, like you saw what the college mm-hmm. experiences was like. But again, I'm from D.C. We were the murder capital of the world. Yeah. The district was the murder capital, of, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it was just a weird dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. But then everything I saw on TV, I saw when I came here. Real life. Like, and saw the AUC, which is Clark Atlanta, Spelman, Morehouse, Morris Brown. It was like, wait, where? These, what? <laughs> and then because my cousin was from Detroit, and I had lived with him and his mom at once upon a time. So I went to school in Detroit for a couple of years. Mm. So people from Detroit knew me. People from California knew me. And people from D.C. had knew me when I came. So I was just like, you know, there was no social media. There was no, mm. you know, there was nothing that could amplify you. People had to amplify you. So yeah. when I got here, I was basically, my cousin told everybody I was Scarface. And he's the man <laughs> and you know, all this other stuff. And then I ended up taking the blueprint Puff did at Howard when I was in mm. high school. Um, and just wanted to throw parties. And so I threw, I was promoting um, some parties at this club called The Phoenix, mm. which eventually became The Warehouse. In The Warehouse, we had Funk Clinic Fridays, and that's when it was over. Mm. Took over the entire AUC and then eventually Atlanta. Was your first party lit or was it like a dub? Super lit. But I got jerked. So I rented this loft from these kids mm. from Oakland. Mm. And, um, you know, they were like giving me a shot, not thinking that I was going, you know, turn all the way up. And I literally had like 2,000 people outside. The electricity went out, so we ended up having like a little mini, you know, block party. And then the hey. club down the street was actually the Phoenix at the time. He's like, yo, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> I was like, I'm pop, pop, pop. And 
I want to throw parties. He's like, come to my spot. So we ended up doing the Funk Clinic. And I became legendary. We were the first to bring the Big Mac, you know, Biggie Smalls and Craig Mac when they had the little mixtape and thing. We brought Pac, Snoop, all that. Yeah, so the first, like, the first party, did you have any apprehension? Like, yo, I don't know if people going to show up or you was already knowing, like, yo, Nah, we were popping. Like, we were, like, 20 deep. We had yeah. all the beautiful ladies' attention on the campus. So it wasn't just you? Nah. Well, nah, it wasn't. It was my crew. It was, like, yeah. my cousin Leo, my best friend Wendell, my cousin Dan, like, all my, you know, my people. GJ, like, we were deep. Lynn Dogs from Detroit. Like, it was a whole thing. What'd you learn about moving people, though? Um, that At that women, moment, like, that yo, women I made this in the world. Say it again? Women, were, I always say black women will say the planet now elevated as a black man. I'm almost mm-hmm. married 23 years in the mm-hmm. pillar yes. of my community. But back then, I even understood the power and respect for women. I always, but I, they were the biggest promotion ever. If you could have women talking about you in whatever way, positively, it would permeate through society like no other. So that was my first, mm-hmm. like, yo, pay attention. I don't care nothing about these. <laughs> say, you can blurp that. But, <laughs> Like, literally focus on the women. That's true today? Absolutely. The greatest superpower on earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can give life. We can't, right? That's a fact. That's a fact. Think about that when you think about, like, how you want to market and brand yourselves and your products. Mm-hmm. So, um, you have that philosophy, but you're married, and maybe, I'm sure your wife met you while you were this super popping guy. Absolutely. Is, What's the dynamic? You, how does it work? What conversations did you have to have? Well, she's a very strong woman. She told me initially, I fell in love with what they all will fall in love with. Just don't bring that to my house. Mm. That was kind of like the prerequisite. Like, ooh, you are serious. You, <laughs> you mean what you say. Um, so for me, that was like, yeah, okay, bet. So of course, you're young. You're like, oh, I could do me and kind of like just figure it out. I was like, nah. You got to respect the, you know, mm-hmm. the house, the home. And yeah. I just, you know, I took those words. We got engaged after and got married and, and built a partnership. I think, you know, the great thing about relationships, at least mine, is that we grew together. You know what I mean? I'm talking about not just as, you know, lovers, partners, friends. Um, but, you know, we built a business together. We have yeah. two functioning good humans. You know, it's hard yeah. to have good humans, you know what I mean? Especially in this world of so much access. So. You know, we just, we're, we're proud and we, we've gotten to the point. But I took a lot of patience on yeah. her end because to your point, I was outside. <laughs> and, you know, my business is unforgiven to relationships, yeah. but I never had any scathing, anything that would deter our love. That's dope. That's dope. So, like, you've you've been... Uh, y'all, y'all believe in love now. Like, y'all hype. I see your faces. Y'all <laughs> felt. His voice even get low. He starts talking about love. Like, you got to believe. You know, yeah. I like that. I like that. You I'm a are seventies baby. That was some real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're a, a true influencer of people, and I want to know, like, before we get into like the story, like the psychology of moving people and influencing people. It's a big responsibility. I think why I've been so successful because I authentically move the way that I move. Like I don't just, you know, talk. You know, you meet people in life and. Their girl doesn't match their car. Their car doesn't match their crib. Like, it doesn't ma- you know what I mean? Like, shit just doesn't add up. You know what I mean? I think my career has always made sense to people because they can fact check or look and it's like, oh, that's, you know what I mean? And, Explain that. Well, I like, think, you know, before, yeah, 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 pre-social media, you had to really be somebody. You know what I mean? You couldn't just show up like, ah, I'm pop. No. <laughs> no, because you had people that really were in control of the industry, media, entertainment fashion, so forth and so on. So you have to be known for something. Like you have to have real skills. And I think for me, you know, starting out, 
you know, being a party promoter, I knew the value of people. I knew how to make people feel good. I was doing, part, you know, appreciation parties. I was doing buses from the AUC over to the, you know, I was doing things that made people feel comfortable and trust me, you know, and when you have a, a trusted voice, and I was also blue, black, I'm blue, black on the inside. I know I'm light-skinned, so it was a whole light-skinned, dark-skinned <laughs> thing. So I used to fight, so there was no pump and no playing, Word. you know what I'm saying, kind of. So you you build, like, the respect, right, across the board. And then, you know, legend kind of precedes you at times. Like, we had wars with people and things that were publicly known, but the internet wasn't around. So the big fight, you know, with Puff and Wolf and all these people. At the I might miss that. What's that? Uh, so we had the, the Big Mac promo I was telling you about. Right. He came to Atlanta. And, you know, I was Puff's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And, again, I told you my blueprint was like his because he did it in D.C. But they had came down with the Big Mac promo. And um, Mark Pitts, we used to call him Gucci Don, right? So Gucci was fighting on the stairwell. And I'm in the booth, you know, on the mic talking. Mind you, at this point, I'm not a host. I'm just experimenting. <laughs> and Because um, I'm a promoter, right? Yeah. So I'm on the mic. I'm like, you know, throw your hands in there. Wave like, just don't care. And I look up. I'm like, yo, they're dragging Gooch down the stairs by his foot. And that's your man. That's my man. But bigger than that, I knew that at the New York, it was going to be a problem. And this is Puff, Wolf, like the whole bad boy, right? So I rush up the back stairwell. I catch them like before they can, because it was like a Y-shaped staircase in the warehouse, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. the Phoenix. And um, I ran, I caught him before, like they saw, but I, they ended up seeing it, but I didn't know it at the time. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, you good, Gooch? He's like, yo, this, uh, he's going crazy. I forget, I can't curse, I'm holding him, trying. Don't drink. Yeah, so he's like, yo, this, he's going, yeah. I'm like, yo, you leave. I'm reaching my pocket, gave him $100, like, you leave, because they're going to kill you <laughs> if you come down these stairs. <laughs> so I'm thinking I defuse it, you know All what right. I mean? I'm getting that Freak Nick, yeah. Freak Nick 94. Yeah. I'm like, I'm about to be rich. Like, you know, this is Freak Nick. So anyway, I go downstairs and all of a sudden, here comes Puff. Yo! New York! <laughs> just, just hella like, oh! That's what I think about New York. Right. Sometimes. <laughs> oh! It's like, why are you so animated? Like, we're good. Like, everything's done. So he's like, no, nah, no, nah, y'all disrespecting. I'm like, we not disrespecting. And you know but Relax. Mm-hmm. Everybody relax. But at this point, my whole crew done drawn out. They at the door and it became a whole thing. So, yeah. Is everybody okay? Everybody's yeah, alive and well. Um, clearly, it's twenty something years later. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, damn, twenty something years later. Goodness. But anyway, that's how legend gets going. Yeah. To my point, to you, like things happen in your life that you realize really benefit you in the long run. Like us, black men who make poor decisions early. You know, if you're able to make it out of those situations, it becomes legend. You know, but you just have to know what to do with that power when it's time. Because I couldn't tell. The young, you know, Kenny Burn. I couldn't tell Fly Guy DC or Ferrari Sims or anybody I mentor, like, yo, you gotta turn up. That's why, like, when I see him turn up, be like, yo, <laughs> it ends like this. Right. Because the either or is normally not in your favor. But it didn't end bad for you. And maybe. But I didn't have social media. They have social media. So, like, I gotta be, I gotta be the guy that said, you know what I mean? And you think, mm-hmm. like, you never wanted to no, know, but they listen because they respect it. Yeah. I'm still outside. Mm-hmm. There's no host better than me, or like there's no one that do, like that does the things that I do when I host. So I'm I'm not in fear of. I give everybody the free game. Yeah. I give everybody the information because I want. But again, it comes from experience, and that's a lot of times why. Back to your original thing about influencers, people don't have experiences. How can you influence anybody with no experience? Yeah. But that's also the problem with podcasts and this whole media game. Like at the end of the day, celebrities. If you have the right celebrity, you're gonna, you know. But like. Mm-hmm. 
everybody knows a celebrity. Somebody, cousin, this, that, and the third, but that doesn't make the interview special. That yeah. doesn't make the moment special. And it's about making special yeah. moments. Yeah, I really want to get into because I, I, I look at myself as uh, somewhat of a micro-influencer where I can say, you know, meet me here and we're going to learn about financial literacy or whatever we're going to be talking about. But I want to know, like, because you've been dealing with people and, like, yeah. really influencing people to to operate in a certain way. And we'll get into, like, I know how you've influenced fashion, our whole culture at times. I want to know... Several points throughout uh, history. Oh, we're going to talk about them, too. Yeah. I want I want to know what you've learned about being influential as if you're going to teach me how I can take my influence to another level. Yeah, well, let's just start about actually what you built. You know what I mean? When I looked at your facility today, I was floored. I literally was floored. Because I think I'm coming, you got a little room. It's that in the third, which you have a whole functioning ecosystem where you now can monetize, right? We talked about sponsorship. We talked about even, well, I mean, I'm seeing the people that are in here renting your facility now. I think, you know, the power of influence with that is that you actually built it. Mm-hmm. A lot of problems with culture in general, these ideas, like everybody has an idea. Yeah. Everybody can do something. And they're going to be huge. But they do nothing. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but they do nothing. Right. And they come to you with these ideas that you're supposed to make them happen. The reason I respect you and I'm even doing this is because I've been hearing, well, clearly I know you, but I've been hearing about what you're building. So I wanted to come give more to help you get more. And I think that's what the, you know, that's why I'm a legend. That's why, like, I continue to be blessed. But, like, the people that have nothing to offer, like, you, you transcended that. You're not just... And that's why I even asked you about sleep is for sucks. Like, do you still believe that today? Because <laughs> he barely went this, like, yeah. I'm in the streets selling yeah. t-shirts. That's your father? <laughs> do you believe in sleep? Yeah. Do you, so I think that, like, it's all evolution, too. You know, like, we all have grand ideas. You know what I mean? Like, we have these things we want to do, but, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, what are you actually doing? Like, people come to me all the time. It's not even to be, and I'm not even, you know, I can't be anti Industry, I can't, although I dislike a lot. The, I like, a, I just like, I dislike a lot of stuff that goes on. Right <laughs> like 90% of this business is full of suckers, right? Is it? I would um, imagine, but do like. You, do you, do you read the blogs? Do you, do you, do you, like, are you paying attention to society? You have superheroes that we grew up idolizing. Mm-hmm. Saying they're going to hold the black vote. Six months before an election, which turned into being the worst human on the planet. They ended up in an insurrection January 6th, but you talking about <laughs> hold what? No? And if you, being a superhero, are saying that, mm-hmm. just listening. Yeah. Like, it's not even a question. Like, I'm not voting because it don't matter anyway. He just said, don't vote. Mm. What, what type of service to your community is that? We just saw an insurrection. If the man would have got through yeah. and got to Pence. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash socialproof. That's NetSuite.com slash socialproof. NetSuite.com slash socialproof. You might have got hung. If he'd have got through and made the vote go another way, we might not have a democratic society. We might have what they have in China and Russia, because that's what he was buddying with. So it's bigger than Nino Brown. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? These motherfuckers get, you know, and I just, and and to your point of influence, like, what are we really influencing? Like, yeah, you can, you can have all this stuff and have all these things, but you still, and that's what we got to get back to as a society too, because we don't hold nobody responsible. Anybody can be anything they want on any day, on any given day, but you ain't, (laughs) <laughs> and it got to come out at some point it has to come out right and you could be a truth seeker like you know what I'm saying and, and be you know this this amazing space you built doesn't have to be just about entertainment as far as what's going to get clickbait or go viral it could be about I'm going to change society yeah. these young women right here could have a whole perspective about something they want to talk about that's not shunning men but inviting men into the conversation yeah it could be a whole nother thing about politics, what you don't understand. Like whatever it is, but it, it just needs to mean more because all the shock and all, you can still have personality, be funny, go viral and, and not, you know. That's a fact. I wanna I wanna like really so we know that you're an influential person, and I wanna go back through the influence. The one major I can remember, especially watching your documentary, and a lot of people give the credit to Jay-Z. But and maybe it was like a joint effort, but the whole culture went to button ups. Yeah, Jay Z had nothing to do with it, but the video. And we are thankful that he wore the clothes. Absolutely. Talk talk to me about that. So Ryan Kinney was um an idea from my friend uh, Ryan Glover, mm-hmm. who recently just sold Bounce for like gazillions of dollars, and <laughs> doing this thing. Big shout to Ryan. That was a clothing um, brand. And, and and Derek Dudley, who's now my manager, ironically, who managed. Common and executive produces the shy. Executive produces the shy. Um, so we just joined forces one day. We're like hip hop's growing up, yeah. you know. And everybody's wearing tall tees and jerseys yeah, the big tees and and it was just nasty because we're getting to the point where it's like a, <laughs> that's a dress, brother. It's not a fucking t shirt. Like that's like you look crazy. <laughs> and this is a a formal dining area. Can you? So this is things that people didn't click for common sense, right? right. Like, so we did you ever get, were you ever in that space of the tall tees and? Yeah, I was always fresh in in general, though. Like, you know, I mean, I, I never really took to just wearing white tees. I mean, clearly a fresh white tee and some basketball shorts on the. I gotta hurry up. 
Right. I still want to be crisp. Yeah, but I wasn't. That wasn't a part of my wardrobe. Mm. So you um, never really liked that whole. Nah, I just really never. I never really got with status quo like that. You know what I mean? Now, fresh white. I still wear a fresh For white sure. t-shirt. But you know, I wanted to mean a little more. Gotcha. Um, in my offering, I've always shown up how I want to be received. So I really, you know, tell mm. people to do the same. Yeah. Like you have to be intent. That's how people see you. The first thing they see is like, I don't even know. Like, but he's fresh as a month. Or I don't know her, but she smells great. Like, whatever it is. Like, right. that's your first impression. So that's where the world is, and you have this idea. Yep. And so <clears throat> Ryan Glover's wife, Tamika, I don't know her last name now. It might be fa- back to Foster, but she was Usher Raymond's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And she's stylist. And she was styling Usher, Jay-Z, all these people. And a funny story about Jay-Z and the proof that he had no idea, it was even my brand. Was my <laughs> shit. Um, we were at the Vibe Awards. Me, Dame, and Biggs used to all kind of hang. And this was when they were starting to, to kind of break off. And so he's wearing a Ryan Kenny button-up in the speech. So he comes out after and he's like, yeah, man, y'all good here. I said, you like, I like that shirt. He's like, yeah. I said, What's, what is it? You don't know nothing about that. <laughs> oh, I. Oh, I. So, but, you know, but it was a beautiful time because, like I said, Tamika was a big reason why they were wearing it. I mean, mm-hmm. we, were all, we were popping, I mean, because yeah. I was wearing it, too. Yeah. She actually put it on them. Um, so, yeah, we were just, it was time for hip-hop to grow up, though. Like, we were making money we had never made. You know, we were, you know, becoming more um, intelligent about the deals we were making and what we, you know, what our superpowers were and what we could ask for. Yeah. Oh, no, you're not going to just take my publisher. I'm not going to let you take my publisher. Whatever <laughs> that was. We were in that mode. Yeah. And so I felt like, you know, it was a perfect time and it was a cultural phenomenon. And the one thing I regret in that whole scenario is that Dame Dash, big shout out to Dame, J and Biggs, but Dame Dash has said, y'all should dumb this price point down. Because our price point, I don't know if you remember this, like we were selling $700 shirts. I didn't know anything about the brand. $700. We were selling $700 shirts and we were selling $5,000 shirts with the custom Lorraine Schwartz button. Uh, Jesus, this is fucking man. I'm sorry. With the, with the, <laughs> with the little cufflinks. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we had Lorraine Schwartz making our cover. But we were we were on fire. But Dame said, yo, you need to make $60, $70 button ups so we could run through them. And that's something that we all wish we would have did because by the time we realized that Dame was getting X out of Rockaware. I interviewed Dame. He didn't say he was getting X out of Rockwell. Yeah, they they played him. He's definitely talked about it publicly. How? No, I, yo, we had Add a... footage here. <laughs> I gotta do us fine. Yeah. Add so, footage here. Got okay. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. So the the start of that, right? Did you did you know in your mind when you're starting the brand, were you thinking, yo, we about to get all these people out of these t-shirts and dresses? Nah, it was more so like the one thing I had learned about the music business is that they all wanted to be like got like guys like me. They wanted to be street guys. They wanted to have a certain level of energy when they presence when they show. Mm-hmm. And so it was more like, nah, I do this. Y'all getting with it or not? It wasn't like I'm gonna make you wear a button up because mm-hmm. you have mustard on your teeth. <laughs> Stain hasn't come out, nigga. <laughs> nah, but I, I just didn't think I didn't think like I was gonna make society. But that shit was huge. Yeah, huge. But, and that, but I give Jay all the credit in the world for wearing it. Yeah, because. He made a song called Change Clothes, like, and, go. and ironically, it about our movement. Yeah. So, you know, it feels good. But I've all, always been, I've always been one who 
would rather be discovered than seen immediately. Yeah. I love the discovery to this day. Like, they're going to go home and watch the documentary. They're going to be like, yo, that who was in there. Yo, I didn't even know. Right. Because <laughs> we're not going to cover all the stuff I've done. They're going to be like, what? Right. He's on Akon. Yeah. Wale? The girl group drink? It's a 14-year-old white girl for two years. Yo, let's talk about some stuff that you don't get credit for that nobody knows. Because you got a lot of it, I believe. You're the, you're the tastemaker of the yeah. whole industry. There's not many, but you got Dapper Dan. Yeah, so. I mean, I created influencer programs that all spirit companies use. And you were in Atlanta at the time. I mean, my 35th birthday, I had pitch Heineken uh, for... You said uh, you created influencer programs. Absolutely, the all spirit companies use. The lifestyle specials. I'm the lifestyle specials. How many yeah. motherfuckers y'all have met that call themselves the lifestyle specials? For sure. A lot of people that say that. Or Really? Yeah, there was no ROI on an individual. Remember, back in the day, it was like marketing companies. Mm-hmm. Around 2005, there was a boom with like in, like smaller. You had like Gray. You had like Uniworld. You had like the grandfathers, right, of the business. But then these team epiphanies and all these people were popping up. But it was really one person that was like the, the one. You, know, you go, you do business with this guy. He makes it happen through his company. And for me, I was in that mode of like, I don't have the back office, but I have all the relationships. Mm-hmm. So I pitched with a company called Alloy Marketing. Big shout out to um, um, True Pettigrew. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a, a fan of my work, knew I could put people together. And he was like, yo, I, I got this marketing agency. We need a guy like you. I was like, but I need 20000 a month. I was just throwing out numbers. Like, <laughs> I need 20 a month. And he was like, bet. I was like, word. What's our first <laughs> You know what I mean? What's our first thing? And he was like, yo, I got this, we got the opportunity to get this Heineken business. I was like, yo, the Heineken Red Star Soul uh, CD was this uh, very popular CD. Mm. Um, and it had like Erica Badu first, like Glenn Lewis, like all these people on it. I was like, yo, we should recreate a tour after the CD and call it the Heineken Red Star Soul Tour. And I'll host. Mm. So we pitched it, won the business. I was the hosting thing, ended up hosting it for like four years. But that started like, my energy in the spirit world. And then I had an opportunity, and this is for everybody, all of you youngs that don't understand the value of your hustle. Okay, this is a very, very important note. I was in Washington, D.C. at Love. And Mark Barnes is a legend in D.C. And he's a um, promoter? Yeah, he's the promoter. He's gotcha. the longest running promoter. He owns Park at 14th now. Incredible guy. Big brother. Asshole early on in my life. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, but he literally uh, was talking to the Moed Hennessy people. You know what I mean? And because I knew Alex and, you know, we started the party thing together um, here in Atlanta, um, they were talking about these brothers from Atlanta that were, like, extorting them. Mm-hmm. True story. And I'm listening and I'm getting comfortable and shit. I'm like, this going to be a play for me in here. I can <laughs> And literally he was like, yeah, these Gitwan brothers, they, they stopped selling Hennessy and Moed. And I was like, mm, all right. So they kept talking. I was like, I have an answer for your problem. They're like, what are you talking about? These guys are no joke. Like, they, they don't want to think, because the marketing, and we didn't do, mm. and whoop, I said, what's the number? Well, I mean, we were at such and such, but they're not going for us. I said, well, what's the number? What number will work? Mm-hmm. They told me the number. I got it done. So the favor for me was, I need my party for my 35th birthday. Will you take care of it? So, so, so it, the the Gitawan brothers they stopped selling Moet Hennessy. Altogether, like, yeah, we're done. 
And you have a relationship, obviously. Yeah, so I paired them, fixed the relationship, got my party. Right. The party was like a $200,000 party and I was a celebrity. So not being a celebrity, they were wondering why I got so many hits for this party. We had yeah. like a billion impressions after the party. Star yeah. Jones and Al Reynolds were the biggest thing in the tabloids back then. So not only, I mean, Fat Joe, like all these people, but they came and People Magazine picked up the story. Back then, there was no social media like that. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, I, did, I think maybe MySpace and stuff was going, but yeah. so it started going crazy. So people were like, who is this person? Matter of fact, speaking of the bobbleheads, you got, that was the promo. Mm -hmm. That was the invite for that party. Yeah. And the, the, the people got in trouble at Moet because they kept, you know, taking from budgets to pay for this party. Because <laughs> it started out at 60000 ended up being like almost a $200,000 party. Jeez. Barton G catered it. We had prawns the size of your face. Like, this shit was nuts. You know what I'm talking about? It was not, you can go to bar. I need two bottles of Don Perry. Like, it was crazy. It wasn't like, give me a drink. By the way, big shout out to Moore Hennessy because they're sponsoring my uh, birthday party at Paisley Park coming up. But they literally, you know, were like, who is this person? People flew from other, overseas. Because, like, why are we have all... Because back then, what? they didn't co-mingle brands. Mm -hmm. I had 10K Rum, Belvedere. Um, you know what I'm saying? Dom, Moet, Hennessy. I had all the portfolios so they could pay for the party. <laughs> so long story short, that was... Yeah, hold on. Yeah. They're paying for the party. Then you go get other sponsors to pay for the party at another liquor sponsor no, party. No, they paid for everything. Mm -hmm. Boy, Hennessy paid for everything. They had to go inside their portfolio to get money from Got other you. budgets Got to you. pay. So yeah, it was a... I mean, but that started... How is he not a celebrity doing this? What, what power does he have, actually? <laughs> and so, Grey Goose, right after Moet Hennessy, Big shout out to um, Chauncey Hamlet, who's now at Pepsi. We were talking about that mm -hmm. prior to. Yeah. He had an activation um, that he wanted to try in Atlanta because Ciroc Flavors was doing so well. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yo, got this budget. Um, if you can prove this you know, ROI, I'll give you a million dollars on your credit card. You do sponsorships, whatever you want to do. I was like... And they didn't say. Are you saying that? I, I, are you saying like throwing out a number, or it was a million dollars? No, I'm saying I ended up. I ended up spending like eight hundred ninety thousand that year on my. I mean, the million dollars was more like conversationally. Like I have this budget. Right. This is what I have to spend. These are the things I have to cover. Right, right, right. But I ended up spending like I think like a hundred. I'm sorry, eight hundred ninety thousand that year, almost nine hundred thousand. And what do you spend it on as a rep? I'll tell you. So <laughs> he basically said, "I got to give you the ass before I can tell you." So the ass was like. Ciroc flavors are going crazy. Mm -hmm. I need you to make some, some room for La Poire, L'Orange, because they had all these flavors, but they wasn't concentrating on flavors. Puff yeah. was the master. So I was like, absolutely. What's my budget? <laughs> so he said, uh, boom, 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 we got going. So I put Billboard in front of Justin's, because this is when Puff had Justin's. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I had the bottle of Grey Goose in front of Justin's. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I had one at the Gold Room. Mm -hmm. I had, uh, you know, done so many things to kind of like, you know, with him. Right. <laughs> and he came to town. We booked him at the compound. Right. With him some more. Give me the edited version. <laughs> Just do your best. So, so bleep that out though. I, <laughs> I got some more. <laughs> and um, literally at the, at the compound <laughs> that night, this is Googleable, you should insert here. Mm -hmm. um, insert here. Um, <laughs> literally, bro, I put my booth in front of his booth. And I was like, I, every time he orders a Ciroc, I'm going to order two Grey Goose. <laughs> so I order all this Grey Goose and all of a sudden he gets on the mic, yo, if you got bottles in your hand, put them up in the air. So, you know, my whole table's like, 
<laughs> and literally, he was like, you light-skinned motherfucker. <laughs> How are you? And so it just became legendary. went viral. T.I. had just came home for the, having Afghanistan uh-huh. in his trunk. And he was like, I'm not going to jail for this. This is Kenny's home. You're a visitor. I was like, I'm not. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Yo! And so it just became a thing. But that, (laughs) that is when I was doing the experiment. Mm. And that is when people were seeing like, how is he making all these videos with all these celebrities? We're not paying the celebrities. Mm. They're in Kenny's videos. And that's when it just went stupid. And then I got an opportunity to support you know, uh, I forgot what album album it was for Drake, but I got to support his album. I got to, and you know, we went to Houston for All Star Game. Right. So these were all things a part of the budget. And it was a company called Javelin. They just didn't give me, mm. you know, but right. I got the money through the agency and was responsible for. And they were pleased. Pleased is an understatement. In these deals, like say you get it done, do they give you a bonus? Or well, the bonus is how you hustle. Yeah, never forget that. <laughs> explain explain and Reese can we fix this arm because I don't want to no it's fine no it's fine it's just good people like wrestling <laughs> <laughs> so so this is fun here we go I'm good seriously I'm good yeah, yeah enjoy the conversation gotcha so the crazy shit, though is like what was I saying um, what was I saying how, oh, uh, how you got a double? How you hustle, my man? He's he's into. It. I see him like <laughs> clapping over there. Dude. Um, but how you hustle is I was doing. So imagine Alex is paying me whatever to host, right? I think I started out like seven hundred and fifty dollars a night. I make thirty thousand for two hours now, but I was at seven fifty a night, right? And it wasn't no money. But it was me in the club, yeah. and I was on the radio. You know, I end up getting. You know, yeah. so I was like, I'm gonna do it, but. I had the liquor money. So Alex was giving me 30%. And I'm telling y'all this out loud, which you can never say yourself if you're doing it because 
I'm not doing it anymore and I'm not going to get in trouble. <laughs> right. But I was getting 30% of whatever sponsorship I brought to Alex. And I had other deals around mm-hmm. the country, you know, so you can imagine. 30% getting my, of the sponsors that you bring to so Alex. So if I brought you $100,000, Alex, I need $30,000. I'm already getting paid from Javelin, which is Grey Goose. I'm already getting my weekly. So I'm in that mother like Going crazy. Don Cornelius. <laughs> You don't know who Don Cornelius is, kill yourself. Um, but I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you got to learn how to hustle because mm-hmm. the system will hustle you. They will yeah. take from you. And I'm not saying to anybody do anything. That wasn't mm-hmm. legal. I was getting paid for my service. Sure. I just understood how to get that back. Is there anybody that's like you? Not like you exactly, nah, but like any... a lot. I, nah, yes. I don't mean nah, but nah, yeah. There's a lot of like people that grew... I mean, Jabbar Colson. I mean... You know, elite stars here in Atlanta. We have, I mean, plenty of people at Tony Perry in D.C. You got a lot of people that understand how to move the money. Mm-hmm. That's all they do in corporate America. Yeah. You're just not privy. Why have you never, like, well, and I don't know, you maybe have your own club? Yeah, nah. I love I people, but it. I don't like the business <clears throat> of a club. I like to show up and get paid. Yeah. I don't want the rain to dictate my paper. I don't want to deal with dysfunction. Paper. I'm sorry. Dysfunction. When you saw when you saw Boomerang, bro, I know something clicked in your head. Like, uh-huh. yo, Boomerang. Not Boomerang. Um, Boomerang confirmed. Totally. Not, like, not, I, I not, like not Boomerang. Uh, uh, thin line between love and hate. Nah. You didn't like Chocolate City. Yo, let nah. me have my own. Nah, I just I, I I told you when I was you know when it was college days at the warehouse and. I knew, like, once I touched that mic, I was like, oh, you, you're different. Mm. You can move people in a different way. Mm. I would have been a preacher if I didn't curse so much. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Would have been a good preacher then, but I'd, be, I'd have been a great <laughs> orator. Now I'd be a great preacher, though. Yeah. I just still curse too much. Ho- ho- hosting. So, yo, you know what? I never, until this conversation, you said you get 30000 a host at a club? Like, I just hosted Essence. I don't do clubs anymore. You don't do clubs anymore at all? No. It's not, it's not, they don't pay enough. And they Unless do- it's like a little brother situation like Larry Morrow in New Orleans or Curtis Givens in Memphis. Like I have people that I will be there for in that capacity, but. You did it during your leisure. Yeah, but that's a tempo of it. It was 4,000 people there. Which one did? Name the last time you seen me at the compound. <laughs> right. Or Gold Room. <laughs> you can have that. The hookah, hookah's messed up the party. I just... Why you say that? I just can't breathe. Oh. I'm a mic man. My voice is the most valuable thing I Indeed. have. But it just also, too, doesn't pay enough. And I, I purposely tell them what I tell them so that they won't try to book me. What do you think... But they still try. <laughs> what do you think people pay you for? Because it... Is it hosting? Or is it like... What well, are they Have you not been in the club with me? Ever? I have. So what sure. would you pay me for? Why would, what, hello? It's a vibe, but like I want, I want so you. Like what? What you? No, you tell me. I'm not going to talk about myself in that capacity. Mm. People have a good time. Your, your, uh, you keep the energy going in the party. See if he has real respect for my craft. No, I, I want, I see. I want you to say it though, because like you control the narrative of what's happening. If people are having a yeah, good time, I didn't they make spend you more feel money. That way, I have to host another party so that you can feel that way. Like for me. The difference between me and anyone else is that 
I'm not paying attention to anything else with the people. Mm-hmm. I never say my name on the mic. You can't probably think of one time I ever said, it's Kenny Burns, the <laughs> lifestyle specialist. I never say my name on the mic because it's not mm-hmm. about me. I'm focused on the birthday girl. I'm focused on dude getting married. I'm mm-hmm. focused on all of that. And if you're an artist, you're going to want to get on that mic. You're not going to want me to ad-lib your songs because the light will be on me and not you. And that's what people used to always hire me for because Mm. we can hire them to host and then ask Kenny to host because if he gets on the mic, they're going to perform. And that was like the thing that took me out of Atlanta. Yeah. But I think for me now, it's more like, you know, I can't get across the messaging I have now. Like I used to be in the club making people pray. Like, I'll follow who are, I mean, just whatever I felt in my spirit, <laughs> I do. That was the pastor coming out. Like. No, no, but I think at times we, we lose sight of like moments. Mm-hmm. I create moments. People have gotten pregnant, have gotten married based on my <laughs> narration. Mm-hmm. And I really believe it's the things you say that affect people. But I can't be in a club now at 50 years old talking about touch yourself. <laughs> worth at 20. You know what I mean? If you love yourself, touch yourself. I mean, but people don't talk like that. People don't even, like, to be honest with you, I be having jokes. Like, I'm like, this would be me on the mic. You can't escape that feeling. You can't escape wanting to be a part of that energy. It's pure. Yo, there was a transition of, like, it was clubs, dancing, riding on each other, and big dance floor, and then something happened, which I just... I feel in my spirit you had something to do with it. Every club turned into all sections. I can't take the credit for that. I can take the credit for keeping the party going through that, but Alex Gitwan is the genius behind the table service. Alex, remember, did he have a conversation with you about this? Like, nah, I don't think it was more of like, because I don't know if you were, what year did you come to Atlanta? I came 2003. Oh, you definitely I, remember. I was at M's first Party of Visions. Okay. Well, you definitely remember. So you remember sections were only on the outskirts. Yeah. Everything else in the middle was open. Mm -hmm. But more and more people wanted to have table service. Mm -hmm. So it was more about the look than it was the party. And that changed. But that's, you can blame Alex for that. You can also blame Alex and Simon Gidwan. Very profitable for them, but hookah as well. Because they introduced, you know, introduced that on a major scale. But that, you know, but that's why the party now is going through another phase. Like, you have one table with 85 people, 72 <laughs> tentacles. Can't move. It's nasty. It's disgusting. Then you got the girl who's beautiful, by the way, and she's rapping little Dirk lyrics with the mean face. <laughs> no, not the type of party I want to be at. And you're right. I'm the first guy in Atlanta, to your point, to play slow songs at 1.30, 2 o'clock. Really? Absolutely. Nobody did that before me. Nobody did that in America before me. Wow. I'm the one who had to slow it down because you stupid about to start fighting and somebody's getting some... (laughs) If it's up to me, if it's up to me, if it's up to me, somebody's getting pregnant and I want to be part of the family. You know what I mean? Like, what what is the point of fighting right now? We're drunk. (laughs) You feel me? What, What are we doing? We need some jagged edge. <laughs> right. I'm going down a lonely highway <laughs> asking God to please forgive me. You know I'm the fifth number. Give me some of your most memorable moments in the club. Oh, too easy. 
Uh, birthday bash. When uh, I'm sorry. Too easy. Jermaine Dupree's social death 20th anniversary. Mm, Jay-Z. Okay. Um, might be, not ain't even number one, one of the highlights. Birthday bash. And this is an amazing story. What year is this? I don't care. <laughs> but this here this insert <laughs> I love but, it. but this is I've never in my life I've done some amazing things but in the club this is the top mm-hmm. so it's birthday bash and the the entrance to the back of the compound was getting a little weird because mm-hmm. sometimes he wanted people to go to the back sometimes he wanted to come so I was like yo tonight make them go through the back and when they come through the back, announce who's there so that I can play their record and introduce them at the same time. Mm-hmm. So this year, in particular for Birthday Bash, Outcast came with Andre Benjamin. Mm-hmm. So I was like, one of the greatest super groups in the history. You know me, I'm on my... Right. You know what I'm talking about? And so, and they play Sorry with Jax, and everybody's like to the lump, you know, and so he comes in. Next thing you know, Future comes in, Shorty Lowe comes in. You know, all these people are coming in. Then it's fucking Drake and then Kanye. So every entrance, I'm dropping a song. Kanye comes in last. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the biggest artists in the history of the world, Grammy winner. I'm going through stats, <laughs> which other hosts don't do. I'm going through the whole rundown. Mm-hmm. Then he dropped, whoa, whoa. And I'm talking, I got goosebumps now. The whole roof went off of it. And that's a legendary picture, actually, to date until they just did the Coliseum together. They would show my picture, insert here, with Drake <laughs> and Kanye every time they announced it. If you go to Complex, you Google anytime they talk about it, it's that picture from that party mm. of me, Drake, and Kanye. Big shout out to ATL Picks. Yeah. I, you know what? Um, I've That's been crazy, through. though. You're, like You've never seen that in a club. With that many mm. artists right. in the prime, future, everybody. And you go on one song for song every time they enter. And then when they're all in there, I drop dreams and nightmares. <laughs> Nick wasn't there when we went out. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, conductors conduct. I'm not like, I'm not your regular host. Yeah. I'm going to identify the moment. I'm going to yeah. create the moment. I'm going to realize that such and such ain't right. And I'm not going to wait for anybody to fix it. Security, yeah. nobody. You can attest it. Back in the day, I go in the crowd. If this is a fight, I'm stopping it. And would nobody fight me? <laughs> right. Alex. Fact, look at the picture. You got to bring the picture over here. Come on, get in this footage. <laughs> what picture are you? Yeah, get the picture. This man is hired. <laughs> you need a job? Oh, that's... Every time they show. That's you. But the point I'm trying to make is like, you know, it's bigger than Nino Brown. They got a bunch of pictures of you. Uh, like, yeah, it's like, it's, you're in the middle of everything. Uh, all always. the time. History. History. You know what I mean? Sorry, thank you. Um, how do, how do you take that skill set? Because I know you can... I'll start with this question first. Give me a time that you had to change the mood of a... What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your 
your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you, rub shoulders with industry leaders and you got to network with other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on social proof podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal whole club or maybe like it's it's not working oh no hold on great great example right here vanquish do you remember vanquish yeah so we had um you know, been doing this dress up vibe because everything was so, you know, dope boy central. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And big shout out to the dope boys. It don't happen without the streets. But at the same time, we wanted to dress up and have another vibe. Now, this is, you know, I forget what year it was, but I wanted to take the party even more left. I was already doing slow songs, mm-hmm. but I wanted to fist pump. I wanted to bring <laughs> Vegas to Atlanta. And nobody was doing that, bro. Mm-hmm. Nobody was playing pop popular music in the in the urban clubs. Right. We playing LMFAO. We playing, you know what I mean? Little John, he had a couple, you know, big punk, fist punk records. But then we just started playing whatever. And I think that I knew culturally when Atlanta needed to change mm-hmm. 
the feel of the party. And when I was in the club, I felt that, like it was my responsibility. Mm-hmm. So what the, you know, it started out introducing slow songs in the ter- middle of the turn up hour, yeah. right? Or, you know, doing the fist pump. I mean, I had rugs in them when they was trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. All in Brooklyn niggas, shots, 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 <laughs> shots, shots, shots. Shot. Those are my little brothers, and they right. they trusted me for a good time. So they went yeah. with the flow. Yeah. And I just feel like at the end of the day, like when you could do that and really inspire people's thoughts, dreams, and imagination, it just it takes some places that they never would have went without that. Yeah, but well, what about the DJ that doesn't have what you want to do? Like, you ever it had... It doesn't happen. They're not hired. They're not booked for that night. Mm-hmm. Or if they're there, they got to go. Or you're going to play these records. And there's been plenty of trying to challenge it. Did I you mean, have to, like... Did you have to, like, I never had to turn up. DJs? I, never, I, like, I never had to turn up on nobody. Yeah. You're going to play these records, I'm not going to be on the mic. I'm paid to be here. I'm sure substantially more than you're getting paid. So you want to be a jerk? <laughs> you want to be a jerk and make it about you? Right. Or you want to do what the people need? So your... You, yo, that's crazy. This whole time... Because I've i been in the club with Infamous and shouts out to Feezy for... Since college. And they're playing what they play, right? And the host typically just goes with whatever they're playing. So I'm thinking that the DJ is controlling the party. Insert... Infamous and Efeezy thought about me hosting here. But I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm just saying, they'll tell you. I called Infamous one night. He was on uh, V103 live. Mm-hmm. And I called him I'm like, yo. He's like, KB, what's up? I'm on the radio. I was like, you're not talking to the women. He's like, what do you mean? I said, you're talking to these dope boys. First of all, you're there by yourself. <laughs> no one's at the club. Yet. So what illusion are you making happening? Like, what, what picture are you painting? <laughs> If I'm at the club and nobody's there and I did it for years. Right. Me and baby, you made you think it was 20,000 people at the World mm-hmm. Famous Compact. And it was sexy. Mm-hmm. Legs were out. White toenail polish. <laughs> <laughs> there was no confusion. You asked Infamous to the day. That's why he does what he does. And one thing I, and speaking of Infamous, I love him. He's probably one of my top five DJs in the world. He, uh, he does sets. People don't do sets no more. People yeah. try to compete to outplay the hits. Yeah. If you don't take somebody somewhere with your grown, <laughs> take people on a musical journey. Yeah. It lasts longer. Yeah. I was in the club last night and I heard, you know what I mean? You yeah. want to have that moment. You don't want to have, yeah, they played Lil Durk 400 times. Mm. You control the emotions no, of people. No no problem with Lil Durk. Like your <laughs> no problem with Lil Dirt. That's crazy. I have no problem with Lil Dirt. I love Lil Dirt. Yeah, so, you can troll people. Although Lil Dirt scared me. This, what do you mean? Yo, bro. This last All-Star, uh-huh. I did take some club dates. But it was because it was All-Star. Mm-hmm. And my mans and them were doing yeah. the Larry Morrow. Big shot to Larry Morrow. And, um, bro, I had to play slow songs, bro. Which man came in there with, with security with machine guns, bro. Like what? machine guns on their Teflar vest, like Afghanistan. <laughs> and I was like, why? And this kid is so handsome and nice and seemingly mm. nice. But clearly he has people around him that need <laughs> M16s and Teflar. Like, but I'm not, I'm not here for none of that. And mm. they're getting too much money. That, that's a whole nother podcast, though. Okay. You- <laughs> Sorry, I'd be going back to <laughs> I mean it though. I want them to be better. Oh, absolutely. A lot of influence. Yeah. 
you you control people's emotions and how they feel in the club. <laughs> he's good. He's good. He's he just looked like that. He just looked like. Oh that. no, them guys was rolling back <laughs> his head. You can't do that when a legend's in the building. Sign of disrespect. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you transfer that skill set to to like the corporate offices? Because like it's not just you're question. asking for money. Yeah, like yeah. you are wooing people. You have to prove an ROI. Everything is about the bottom line. Return on investment. Whoever for whoever doesn't know that. And if you can show them why you're necessary or good for business, the perfect example was how Moet Hennessy took a chance on me to fix that relationship. Mm. So whatever millions of dollars they weren't getting prior to that is back on schedule. He's worth 20%. So you can see what the dynamic and thought could be. But then when I created influencer programs, it was more about like, I can pay him X, Y, and Z. We're going to do spins at the club, which is going to basically pay for him. And then I'm going to have my, you know what I mean? So I think you have to, one, think outside of your current circumstance in any deal. And are you painting that picture as you're Along going the way? On? A lot of it was trial and error because I didn't know I was a guinea pig. I didn't know they were testing anything on me. Mm. That's why I could take credit for influencer programs because before me, wasn't no celebrity getting no $200,000 for a party. Just mm. wasn't happening. And I had the Versace Mansion in every room in that. Instead of, instead of Gianni Versace's room because... You had a 45-foot bed and you... What? Yeah, it was just a little nervous in there. You know, the energy-wise. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the bed? 45? In, he had a, yeah, his bed was like bigger than his... Yeah, no, probably about the size of this room. What? Yeah. That room was off limits for my guests. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So... I, I need to, I have a podcast, so I'm be selfish right now. I have a podcast, and I had, like, some water up here. But uh, can you, you like say, take it, it down? No, of course not. Okay. Because right. now I'm, you know I'm that coachable. you got to be intense. <laughs> I'm a coach. Who you close? Who you close? Who you, who you selling? So, uh, yeah, so we got to, like, that's why I was going to have him. Like, no, that's fine. Fix it. You good over it? We sounding good? You can hear it? He's good? As long as we sound good. Okay, good. So, so my nipple. It's like pressing. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a podcast and it's about, uh, it's pretty popular, man. Uh, we got some, you know, got got a bunch of downloads. You see the diamonds? Thanks, Scott. Didn't see him 10 years ago. So, <laughs> yo, yo, Kitty. And I see the studio. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's not just Thank this one you, room man. he offers. Thank you, man. You're welcome. I'm, I need, how do I get corporate sponsorships? So I do get, I get corporate sponsorships from my podcast, but they come through my hosting site, my hosting platform, and they just send them to me and I do the ad read. Yeah. But I need to build these relationships myself, man. Yeah, got to be more intentful with who and what. I think that you know enough people that are in business relationships where you can meet those people and then find out what the need is. My, my brilliance has always been knowing who needs what. Mm. And it didn't come from like being on the outside of it. It came from being close to it. Oh, you need, huh? What I say about ear hustling earlier? You got a problem with the good ones? Oh, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, you got, you need, you got Drake? <laughs> oh, uh, you know what I mean? And that's how you, you get your name, you know, in the game. And once you're in there, it's relationships, man. The people I do business with today, I've been doing business with for two decades. And this ain't no, listen, one thing y'all need to understand, roles change. People don't. These people go from company to company. They're always going to be in the business where they can support. Roles change. People don't. I like that. I like that. I don't accident. 
What would I do? What are my steps? Okay, I want. I want to put Pepsi or Coke. Whatever or outtakes he can't use because of the cursing, please send to me. <laughs> I, how do? Who do I call? What do I do? The DM. I try to DM. Like, who do you want? To, like, and, and I'll say this to all aspiring entrepreneurs: anybody trying to get some money for somebody, you have to one go with products you use, go with things that you adore or want to be in line with, or or aligns with your brand. That's number one. Right. So you need to go home. Get with your crew. Figure out who needs to be a part of the social proof. Water. Clearly. But, I mean, you have a space, event space. Like, there are sound partners. There are audio partners. There are all types of partners. But you have to be intent. What do you have most of in here that they didn't give you? Mm -hmm. All right? If you got these microphones, uh, sure mics. Mm -hmm. Sure mics. We need a bag. Where's the camera? Sure. (laughs) Sure. We need a bag. We have a lot of things going on, not just our podcast, but many podcasts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw Earn Your Leisure. They were just in here. Kenny Burns was just in mm-hmm. You have the, the audio and video to support it. How, who it's do not, I call? you go, you, people like that, you cold call. Nine times out of 10, you know somebody, know somebody. Yeah. Can you manage me? I can't. I don't have the time. Have I can you, introduce you to any one of my relationships, though. For have you ever managed somebody? Nah. Never got into that? Ah, personalities that I don't have to be responsible for 24 hours are the best personalities to manage. I feel that. If I get you for two hours, you're going to have the best time of your life. After that, I'm going to have to send you home to you. <laughs> <laughs> so you had you have some relationships. Yeah. And Any relationship I have is yours. You just let me know. But you got to be intentful. Is intentful a word? You have to be intent. Full of intent. Is it, is it a word? Okay. Yeah, just be intentional. Kenny, I I like this. Not just because I have a relationship with Pepsi or I have a relationship with the world. No, but I love Pepsi. I love it. Who wouldn't? They cut checks. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is, like, literally get in line with something you love. Yeah. People need coffee. I didn't put my thing up here because you can get a check from somebody that makes coffee and juices and shaking green teas with four pumps of classic. (laughs) Hey, guys. Y'all see this little table? This is for you. Hold on, go back to me. Where is it? <laughs> Insert. <laughs> Insert your product. Insert your... I'm trying to get the balance. Insert your product here. <laughs> Yo, you, you mentioned that you're about to get into podcasting. Yeah, man. I was uh, at V103 for uh, two years. And it was because I was on my Instagram during the pandemic. And it was a big racially motivated political season and we were in a pandemic and I felt like I needed to go talk to my people yeah. and more people. Like I was already doing on my social platform. I have a couple hundred thousand followers, but yeah. I felt like the airwaves still had people that really needed the information. Sure. Um, so I went on, you know, to V103 and interviewed the now president of the United States, vice president of the United States, um, every celebrity you could think of and really changed. Obviously we changed Georgia blue. Not that I care about party lines or colors. I just care about humans. We put the best humans we could at the time in position to get us to the next line. Mm. There'll be another line. Um, you know, but back to my point about if I didn't do that, you know, where would we be? Georgia yeah. was a catalyst in the nation winning the election. And then also, too, when you look at the pandemic, I was fearful. Tuskegee, all these things I had heard. A lot of 
the wrong information is what I heard and a lot of us heard. But I was on the radio for six months talking about, I don't know about the vaccine. <laughs> I'm not sure. And then I got all the information and I got it. And I'm sure yeah. tens of thousands of people did the same because. Yeah. But why podcasting? What do you see? I feel like you see something. Yeah, I can curse more. Um, yeah. And then I can be more in depth with the things I only had two to 10 minutes tops to talk got about. You. Got I you. mean, of course, the president of the United States went a little longer. The first female vice president, a black woman, was went a little longer, but traditionally only had, you know, between two and seven minutes to get across a point. Gotcha. And there are things like why I feel racist that I want to talk about. There are things why you feel what? Racist. You feel racist? I'm just saying. Not that I feel racist, but sometimes you see things you're like, you're reminded that there's a color barrier. But I'm not talking about that on your show. That's gonna be on my first podcast. So um but there are other <laughs> topics. So um yeah, there's just things, you know, you, yeah. you want to talk about that you can't really talk about and that people think about. So that's my intent for my podcast. The Kenny Burns show will still be an ecosystem of pop culture happenings, um, interviews and things of that nature. Yeah. But I'm finally in control and it just feels amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you being able to, I think it's dope going that way. Like, yo, you've been on the radio, meaning you had to cut the fluff and make a point in five minutes. Yeah. Hard. And Especially when you're interviewing Herschel Walker. Why is that? <laughs> he's an average cousin, so I can see. He's not good. <laughs> he's not good, bro. Please keep this. Insert here. He's not good. He's not good. <laughs> we don't have any people telling the truth no more, bro. If you don't want to use a rephrase. <laughs> this whole little, this whole little last fifteen seconds was crazy. Not. <laughs> you looking for me to change my mind? I did it. Now here. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, what was your? Uh, Any time you ever felt outside of Dirk, right? Like I love Dirk, by the way. I'm, oh, I'm for sure, saying. for sure. It's, but it's scary out. You ever been like really? You ever been threatened? So like everybody loves you, but um. No, I've never been threatened. My life has no. never been threatened. Never felt nervous. Never felt like some Nah, things. I felt always lifted. I felt always like I had God with me. And I've been shot at. I mean, really? I, don't, I don't know if people were shooting at me. I like to think that... Tell maybe, the story. Tell the story. Yeah, no, nah, that's not... No. No. But I, I mean, I've had things happen. You think like, whoa. Yeah. You know? The only time, in, I think it was the 12th grade, somebody said they was going to come kill me over some girl. And they pulled a gun on my man, and then he died two weeks later. Mm. Not by me. Right, right. Karma. Right, <laughs> right. But yeah, I've, I've haven't had. Yeah, you get you like damn this nigga. Is he really like? Yo, it's because I, I I know you know some things about uh about the the music industry and kind of like behind. Cut the that scenes part stuff. out about the two weeks later. I'm getting too comfortable. <laughs> About the, the the music industry and how things are changing. Let me ask you this: Do you feel pick back up here? And I think I, I well, I think you do feel, but I want to get your perspective. You've seen the seasons of music change. Oh, such a, you're such a good interview. Thanks, man. I studied you. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Where music is going now, we see like, it's kind of like, it's almost like the drug culture and it seems like almost gangster rap is worse now Oof. than it was. You ooh, you about to get me going. I'd like to hear your thoughts because you're in the world. You're yeah, in no, that world. Listen, listen, man. It's, it's ironic, man, because I feel like now R&B is needed more than ever. Mm-hmm. And topically, I just feel like, you know, even like what Brent Fires did with his album, like it's super toxic on some level, but it's his understanding which makes it vulnerable and acceptable. Meaning mm-hmm. like somebody's going to be toxic if they don't know. But then the comparison, like to your point where R&B versus rap is, rap is just like, they're in like a mental health stage. Mm. Like they really are. Like I was listening to my son coming back um, yesterday. We were in Detroit and we were coming back and he's literally a few words. And I'm like, (laughs) your brain is mush. Your brain is mush. You literally, I'm listening to, he has headphones on, but I'm listening. I'm like, but that's your air. I was like, well, what is it about this era that you like? Is it that it's really cadence and beat? And my sons are like, I like to think they're very smart. So when they say K- they? 21 and 18. So this is my actual 21-year-old. Um, but he's like, yeah, no, we listen to Cadence and B. It's mood. It puts us in a certain energy. And I get that because mm. it puts me in a certain mood. Mm. I could definitely get ready to hoop or get ready to go. Or even in the middle of a club, if I'm off that Uncle Nears, I could really, yeah, like, all right, <laughs> go back to my old ways, right? But at the same time, it's like not productive in any way, fashion, or form. Yeah. For your psyche, not even just, please definitely don't pop no pills. I mean, you see these kids are dying from yeah, organ failure. It's crazy. 24 years old. Like, but I'm, I'm, my thing is like, when we were growing up, you smoked weed, chronic, the chronic. <laughs> you will live to tell your story. Right, right. Right? I mean, also the gangster stuff that came with it. And we saw what happened in the Pac and Big War and like mm. all these things. And there were lessons learned. And there were things done different after, no, after those lessons were learned. Mm. But these kids, they... You got a gun charge and then you still got pounds on Instagram? Mm-hmm. You got, you're, you know what I'm saying? Kodak Black, one of the greatest melody makers of his generation. Mm-hmm. You ain't saying shit. <laughs> right. But you got melody for death. Mm-hmm. I, I get mad at myself on Super Gremlin, but it, you can't, it's infectious. <laughs> right. But you're not saying nothing. Then you right. double down on the. Mm-hmm. Then you go do a Donald Trump ad. Man. Like you are, you are part of the problem. And people are always like, well, you're too hard. I am embracing all youngers that have any talent. Man. But if you go down the rabbit hole, I'm not going with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not letting nobody I love go down there with you yeah. either. And I love too. Like I'm if I if I and we together and I say I love you, I mean it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to know you, talk to you. I told Eric Thomas, the ET the hip hop preacher, at the VIP experience for investors. I told him I love him in front of everybody. I meant it. Yeah. Because I love what you are doing. Who you are matters. You need to keep showing up like this. You need to hear thorough black men yeah. tell you they love you. I sure. love you. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But people are weird, bro. That's why this industry is like, you wonder why. It's like, think about it. They doubling down on the BS because people are amplifying it. Mm-hmm. Not just the people buying it, the people selling it. Yeah. They the ones make the most money. 
So it's just it's 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 a tragedy that we are at that state in hip hop because of what hip hop has done for so many people on and off the court, meaning in music and for entrepreneurs. And to be so disrespectful to the art form, like that's why everybody loved Lil Baby. You, yeah. I mean, my generation loved Lil Baby like we loved Jeezy and T.I. Yeah. But at some point, like Baby just did, why he ain't got no tattoos and what type yeah. of life he want post. I rock so. That's the same thing. Tip, tip, yeah. I can't talk about trap no more. I ain't in trap. He on Trap Museum. Right. We're not mad at you. We're going to keep coming because we, we want to know history. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he ain't got to glorify it no more. Jeezy. Investments, got married, having to yeah. pay. He wants people want to grow. You got to be able to grow. Yeah, that's the thing. These, then I feel bad for these youngers. They not, they don't have no space to grow. Right, but I mean, they're. I guess they're in the space now, so they're not. They're not. They're in it. So like maybe in a couple of years, like so. Dirk maybe, Kodak Black, he going out in a ball of flames. Of it, I mean, yo, you from somebody. A older generation. No, when you choose to be ignorant mm. and you double down on the ignorance, you become what? Ignorant. More ignorant. Mm. That's your choice. Yeah. Because you got enough OGs like myself that speak out. You can't tell me you ain't heard me say something about you. And I say it so that you can hear it. Yeah. That's intent. But it's hard in the space. Because... And it's big brotherly. It's not like I'm coming at you. Right. I'm like, you f- I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. Right. I don't do that. I would never do that. Because yeah. that's not how you approach somebody. Yeah. But to remind you of where you are and where you could be, that's my job. Yeah. And sometimes there's different ways to approach that. But how do you help them see it? Let's say like Some people Jeezy, ain't worth saving. It's the problem with our community. Out. Check this out. Jeezy and T.I. Like, they was worth they were, saving. But when they were in it, there was probably somebody saying... Nah, yeah. but you got to think about the errors, bro. Mm. They had no instruction. Right. These, these kids, they got every manual in the book. <laughs> they have no excuse. Yeah. And you actually got people that care. Kevin Lyles jumped out. He jumped off the cliff to help Thug and them. Mm-hmm. And you know Thug and, Thug and them, great humans in the community, done great things in the community. But you still affiliated yeah. with this life. What do you expect? The, the Rico yeah. was designed to get gangsters because gangsters were so savvy and had property and had all these things. But the Rico was designed because we have no statute of limitations. We have the right to mm. go back and get this one in a li- If you say anything, conspiracy, if you do. So my thing is like, there's blueprints of how not to get in trouble and get this money. Yeah. How to be a how to be an artist and say things in your art that might, but when you're telling on yourself, when you're saying exactly what you're doing, <laughs> who you're affiliated with, what car you were in, right. and I'm not talking about thug in the statement right, I'm right. making right now, but whatever that is, yeah. come on, bro. Mm. It's not even worth, it's not even worth explanation, bro. Yeah. It's almost baffling. And it's so disappointing because, again, you have all of the manuals. You have all of the videotape. You have all of the viral everything to show you what not to be. What is? What do they need? What needs to happen right now? If like the world and hip hop is like a club, R. Kelly, what does they need their freedom? Taken. What does Kenny do? They no. Listen, bro. This is not. This is the parents speaking. No more chances for people that three, four, five, six, seventeen different strikes. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know what you're doing at this point. So you need to go on and face your consequences. 
And that's what life needs to be. Because people take advantage. You're taking advantage of innocent kids that have no clue. It's like women. And this goes to any woman that can hear the sound of my voice. At the end of the day, hoeing is not the way. There are man hoes. Men been hoes way longer yeah. than women. Yeah. But women, what example are you leaving the impressionable? Men, what example are you leaving the impressionable? Every time I get on the Instagram, I had to show my wife yesterday. Mm. Baby, I don't have as many. I'm not following this. <laughs> it's not, baby. This, it's what they want. If you go to Instagram, bro, it's unbelievable how many. <laughs> if, I, if I go on my Instagram right now, let's go through this. I mean, it's. I mean, it's, it's so many. How many? And then, and then the problem, and this is why I want to say to my my women, before I get off, I go on tangents, but y'all need it. <laughs> you cannot expect a man to love you, mm. to honor you. If you don't honor and love yourself, showing up in the Instagram, being free and can't nobody keep me. I'm a woman and go no. If you meet somebody and you're hypersexual in the club at two in the morning, he calls you at eleven o'clock the next night because he wanna. F That's the impression you gave him. That's the impression you gave him. Is that if that's your body of work, that's who you are. Yeah. Then you could be a freak. You can let your freak flag fly, be whoever you want to be, but you got to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Don't be out here talking about why love ain't reached me yet. How I ain't got nobody. I got a job. Whoa! <laughs> Yo, Mark has a lot of work to do on this episode. <laughs> you really think somebody going to take you serious? This is my thing. It's like men. Am I lying? Men who constantly get in their own way with, with women. You can't expect them to be good men. Yeah. You can't. It's a fact. Yo, here's the pattern. And I believe music has a lot to do with it. So I know I sold weed a little bit. I wasn't good at it. I went to jail for a little bit. Got scared. Oh, you got a little bit. No, I don't. I don't. I was nervous. I was like, you yeah. know, the story is crazy. How, yeah, how black men anyway. get caught up in that because that's what we see. For sure. Yeah, had, had to, they had to like get me out, actually. Oh, wow. But, but all I heard was Jeezy, T.I., Jay-Z. Like, that was the music and it affected. So, yeah. now we see kind of, we see we the, the Cardis and the, the Nickies and, you know, all these people. I love Cardi B, by the way. I love her too. And I'll tell you why. It has nothing to do with her, her body right. and the things she does. Her mind, yes. And, and, and if you could, and to your point, the people that deserve to be helped, to deserve chances. Mm -hmm. I mean, dog, her history game, her political game, the yeah. way she sees life, it's amazing. It just takes people like us to be like, come on. She done, right. done it by herself as far as, but what she really wants to be, we help her with that. Yeah. Because she's really a thoughtful human and that's sure. all it takes. She had to do what she had to do, but she ain't never not doubled down on the fact that she was who she was. For sure. See, people be paying, like this is my thing in life, people hold these, you know, you were saying like Jeezy and T.I. They taught me more about the energy of hustling, not just drugs. It was the feeling about getting it. Let's get it. Like sure. Jeezy would say, you'd be like, where we going today? What we getting? How much? Like what? You know, and it was more of an uh, 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 adrenaline rush. For you though. No, in, for in everybody because they grew in business. If you saw them only as sure. trap rappers, that man was the Hustables two years ago before the VH1. Am I lying? A hundred percent. So that's sure. gross. And that's a visual. 
uh, guide for the ones who are doing it now. This like, like I respect Dirk for wife and his girl publicly right. showing people sure. that relationships matter. And I just said, too, I think he will be one to go. Mm -hmm. I also gave you the example of Kodak Black, who will not be going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> on him. I'm telling the truth so right. other people will know the difference. Yeah. You want to be hood rich or you want to be wealthy? Mm -hmm. You want to mean something to somebody or you want to be a flash in the pan? Yeah. It's different. It's a difference. Yeah. And we got to have truth tellers. I'm not telling... I'm not these executives and these so-called superheroes are going to tell people what they want so they can be a part of the new and now and, and the hip and hype. I don't give a... <laughs> I quit tomorrow and be straight off my investments. But at the end of the day, I have more work to do. I, I have responsibility since they won't. Mm -hmm. They tell you the truth. And Kodak Black, if you do want to get right, I still will be here for you. But That's if I give you the game, you know, and you don't want to receive it, I don't think you'll listen to anybody. Let's talk about your investments. What do you invest in? Uh, my wife and I are Series A investors in Uncle Nears Whiskey, which is the fastest really? growing American whiskey in U.S. history. Did it come to you first or not? Somebody... <laughs> no, I had... Um, <clears throat> yeah, it came to me because of what I've done in, yeah, the, in the spirits sure. industry, for sure. So you wouldn't take any other sponsorships from other spirits? Well, I'm an owner. Spirit. More at Hennessy. <clears throat> More at Hennessy is... Excuse me. Take your time. I don't know what the f*** got in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Uh, my wife and I invested in Uncle Nears Series A, the fastest growing independently owned American whiskey in U.S. history. Wow. We're 10% owners of LS Cream Liqueur, a Haitian Cremos inspired cream liqueur. It's the best cream in the world. And I just uh, raised a significant amount of money and got 10% of uh, the Spearhead Group, which is Vusa Vodka and Bayab Gin, the only known Af black owned African spirits um, that are out, young kids. Mm. Um, uh, Chris. And Demola uh, out of uh, London. They're both from, yeah. obviously, Africa. But the diaspora is everywhere. And where I am personally in my life, you know, um, spirit world, obviously, I'm a part of that because yeah. that's what I do. When I stop drinking, I'll sell my portfolio for a billion dollars. But then, you know, <laughs> the reason I'm even like so excited in, in, in the partnerships that I'm making is like, you know, when you think about Africa, I've never been to Africa. Really? I've never been to Africa. And I wanted to be—I wanted to be more impactful on the continent. But I know just going now, I'm going to meet all these different people. But now I have a business that is—you know—the Bayab uh, gin is made from the fruit of the tree of life. You know what I mean? The vodka sugar cane, which is heavy in Africa, and so we—we we have all these things that now I could go and I can be at the top of the food chain as far as introduction. I can make a difference immediately. My partners are—you know—the uh, Pendulum Group, which is a big. Black-owned fund out of L.A. And they literally, you know, they manage Obama's money. They manage, you know, uh, the guy, Messiah Jury, I think is his name, for he was the GM for the Toronto Raptors when mm -hmm. they won a chip. And he's part of NBA Africa. So there's so, I mean, you know, but again, it's all about relationships. Yeah. I had this opportunity, made these other relationships, and now I can go be influential to the content. Do you understand what the diaspora is? Yeah. The diaspora is Africans everywhere. Yeah. Africans are everywhere. All of us have a lineage to the motherland. So, you know, that's where I'm at mentally, man. I want to um, find, fund, and fuel dreams. Um, with Is that investing in absolutely. entrepreneurs? Everything. I did it with LS Cream. I mean, I'm sorry, Uncle Nears. I did it with LS Cream. I'm doing it with Spearhead Group. 
Um, I've given to plenty of people that I believed in musically that mm. didn't work out because <laughs> they're doing not mine. But I mean, I, I love I love music. I Is love, that management? That's not management. That's funding. Right. I like, or, well, I, I guess I like what, how you asked that again. Well, you know, I'll try. But if you bring them, say, it's not just your money that they need, right? It's some sort of guidance. Well, it's guidance, but I, I think for me, it's like I partner with sound people. I partner with people that have as much ambition in me. And now at this level, I want to invest in people that are smarter than me. Gotcha. I might see something that you couldn't see in yourself, not only could fund you, but I can point you in the directions of, in my wheelhouse relationships. Got it. I don't want to have to tell nobody something all the time or try to make them believe in themselves. If they don't believe in themselves, I don't want to be in business with them. Mm. You have ownership, and that, this is a really important question. You have ownership in spirit companies. Would you still take sponsorship from a Grey Goose or another? Well, yeah, absolutely. Big shout out to Boy Hennessy again. They're sponsoring Isn't my that like kind of contradictory, though? Absolutely not. I'm an owner. I'm not an ambassador. No, I'm talking about an, like if it was something you don't have nothing to do with and they just want to give you a check to promote. No, I, I don't really do that. I mean, right. like, I mean, I only promote my brands, but in this true. particular situation on my birthday party, it's going to be the biggest ever. Yeah. But, you know, I can't fund it with my companies as of now. I'm not with Uncle Nearest, but that's not what Uncle Nearest does. Uncle Nearest is, is a heritage brand. as has a 160-year-old story. It's, mm. you know, it's it's right up there with Jim Bean, Jack Daniels. I mean, he taught Jack Daniels. So, but at the end of the day, the newer ones are not equipped enough to do yeah. it. And they're more celebratory and would be something that would align with my party. But because I have great relationships, because... You know, Moet Hennessy is a great partner and has been for some decades. Mm. And Minnesota just happens to be one of the emerging markets, Minneapolis. But it's also, you know, being attentful with who you're going after and what you need from them. Gotcha. A couple more questions. I remember, like, I, there's a meme that shows Jay-Z. You got to go? Here we go. Five minutes, five minutes. It, there's a meme, not meme, but there's a video where Jay-Z is, like, kind of looking, like, just out of it. And then I think, like, I think my Dave and Bleak are still hyped. Michael and Jackson. Jo- and then Joyce says, no, nah, then Joyce says, um, uh, this is the moment Jay-Z knew he was going to leave everybody or something like that. Yeah, that was the Michael Jackson show. at the. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. When Michael Jackson came out on Hot 97s, uh, some whatever. You've seen Jay-Z's growth. You've, like, worked with him. I'm glad you asked this question. What? In, in that moment, like, I want to know, like, where you were, but, like, that transition of watching someone grow, I want to know what you learned from that. Uh, well, I can't talk about Jay without talking about Damon Biggs, and I want to break down the, the dynamic of our relationship. Biggs and I are great friends still. Right. Damon and I are back to good friends, but some things transpired when I was leaving Rockefeller. Jay-Z and I have never been friends like me and uh, Biggs mm-hmm. and uh, Dame were fr- our friends. Um, Jay and I are friends, and he definitely understands I've been a part of Rockefeller from the beginning, which is why I have a chain in the whole nine. But You have a chain? Absolutely. That's lit. Yeah. But the point in the moral... That's a historical artifact, yeah. bro. That's crazy. But the reason I'm breaking down this is for people to understand how relationships work and why you don't need to be friend-friends with everybody, but respect is a commonality in everything. Yeah. And, you know... Jay has always been someone who's been a sponge. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know us. Like, he admits he doesn't know everything, but he tries to put the right pieces around him. Mm-hmm. And I respect him more now than I've ever respected him because of his um, family mm-hmm. and what he's created yeah. um, for how he does not show up in culture 
aggressively or trying to be known anymore. He only shows up in ways to help That's um, true. and educate and inform. And he is someone I'm a fan of. And I'm not a fan of nobody. Prince, my father died. May he rest in peace. I'll be in his house on October 29th for my birthday. So you can understand what that means to me now. Um, and I don't really, I don't even know any other people I can say I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of Jay-Z. I appreciate what he's doing for culture. He is a exemplar, uh, he's exemplifying what can happen, you know, when you don't have an education, when you don't have blueprints, when you don't have a father in your life, um, the way that black men are leading their children's lives. And I just, I respect him tremendously. I want to give him his flowers because I think at the end of the day, people adore him for, you know, obviously being a billionaire now and all the things that he could probably care less about. I adore him because I've seen the growth yeah. and understand what it'll mean for generations to come. I love it, man. Look, I'm, I like, thank you for coming. I got to do a quick commercial, especially because I've got no sponsors. And then I'm going to ask you, uh, like, one question. <laughs> and then we're going to go. But this episode is sponsored by The Morning Meetup. TheMorningMeetup.com is the only working. Let me tell you about The Morning Meetup. Yeah. MorningMeetup.com is an organization that gathers every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurs. I'm literally on a call with entrepreneurs, 400 every single morning. So teaching entrepreneurship, teaching what I know. Um, and I like, if you're in the morning meetup, I allow them to come to the live recordings. Normally yeah. do it on Wednesdays, but um, we had to make a special case for this one. But like normally they just come. Uh, oh, y'all I, a part I, of it? I, I, I take oh, care did of you learn family. anything? The dream <laughs> is, wake up. <laughs> well, uh, literally, it, it's $79 a month, but I'm on the call every single day. We're going through content creation, so, marketing, whatever. I love um, it. I'd love to have you on the call one day. You'll be yeah, impressed. I would You're love to do all it. All amazing. Um, so, yes, join the morningmeetup.com. Uh, it is, uh, we have a, an amazing book club. We're all, re- last year we read, how many books did we read last year? 15 books together. We read a chapter a day. <laughs> We read a chapter a day together and uh, we're continuing that movement and we are a family. So I go to themorningmeetup.com. Okay. So uh, one, thank you, Kenny. Yeah. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Because you don't have to be here, but every, you are an inspiration. Thank you. And I, and I think you're very intentional about pouring back into like the previous generation, giving them all that you have and you are really like creating a blueprint for us to say, listen, go become successful, but come back and like go get them. Absolutely. We all need help. Absolutely. I would like to know where you see yourself or what you see yourself accomplishing in the next five years because I want to watch this five years from today and say, Kenny said he was going to do that five years ago. Look, he did it. Yeah, I want to be the number one voice for culture. Mm. Uh, There'll be many voices in culture and I'll be partly responsible for introducing some of them as well, but I want to be the number one voice. And I think there has to be clarity and there has to be order back in media, back in culture, where we all can aspire and be great, but also not play ourselves in the process. And I think a lot of people play themselves in the process. I'm tired of seeing people, you know, playing themselves. I really am. I think it's it's room for everybody to get money, but I think people think there's only a certain you know, a couple of ways to get money. Yeah. That there's only certain things that can do in so many ways that would probably fit your personality better than what you're currently doing. So just helping people, you know, identify those superpowers. And, you know, I want to bring the emotional connection back between celebrity and, and patrons. 
there's no mystique anymore. Um, you said bring said emotional connection. I mean, like gotcha. back in the day when people saw Michael Jackson, they literally pass out. Yeah. Um, I don't think celebrities have that power anymore. Yeah. And I would like to see it for them because I think it means more when you can, you know, listen to someone, not see them all the time. You have celebrities farting on the Instagram. <laughs> it's like, how special are you? <laughs> I'm dead serious. How special are you? Yeah. So I want to help define what, you know, what status quo is again. It has to be status quo in life. I mean, everybody can't be everything to everybody. Yeah. So if I can do my part through speaking, through some type of uh, curriculum, I want to do that. You, you do speaking gigs now? Absolutely. I don't get $30,000 to not, I think I just host. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just never see like, I, I would right. love to see a Kenny no, uh, Kenny you see my pictures. Let me, I just want to say, where's the camera? I just want to say this. Don't let anyone judge you by your pictures or the fact that you show up with that. Okay? <laughs> I need you to make them see you. Okay? And more importantly, make them keep discovering you. All right? Touch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a Kitty Burns keynote. I just haven't seen it. I'm sure you do it. I, that joint would be crazy. Yeah, I, I had a whole this. crying uh, thing on. Uh, I got an award uh, the, during the BT Awards. Mm. They do the. Um, Help me out. I can't so I just got the award. Culture. Okay. I got a culture creator award mm-hmm. um, for entrepreneurship. And it was my peers. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do the I couldn't do the thing. Insert here. I couldn't do the thing. I kept crying. <laughs> and I wasn't crying because I never got an award mm-hmm. or that people haven't haven't given me my flowers, but I felt like the industry never gave me my flowers. Mm-hmm. I never get mm-hmm. recognized for all the things I've contributed to or done. And I literally, like, it's Tank's fault because Tank introduced me. He went off script. He's like, that. I'm going to tell y'all why this is the realest <laughs> plan. I was like, they're like. <laughs> so I got through it, but yeah, it was funny. Man, amazing. And inspiring. Good. Well, thank you so much, man. Uh, I appreciate you. Is it, let everybody know, I mean, how they can connect with you, how they can support anything you got going on. And then just close us out with a word of wisdom. Man. You've been in the game. It. it, it for decades, yeah. right? Influencing, true influencing uh, for decades. So um, yeah, just let everybody know how they can connect with you and close out with a word. Yeah, um, Google me. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> at Kenny Burns uh, on uh, all platforms. What's the name of the podcast? You got the name yet? TKBS Nation is the first time I ever said that. So you actually have the exclusive new podcast. It's called uh, TKBS Nation. The Kenny Burns Show will also appear uh, on your something very soon. So those are two independent dope brands you need to follow. And if I could tell you anything before I leave, I would tell you to never let your expectations exceed your effort. I think we all fall, you know, have fallen short to that. But if you can keep your eye on the prize and work for it, you'll get it. There we go. Look, we can't close it out no better than that, man. Do yourself a favor. Follow Kenny Burns. I can't wait for the podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Show some love. And lastly, go get you some social proof, meaning go build something. But remember how you built it. Study how you built it. And come back to your community and teach it. That's the only way our community grows. We are out of here. Peace. And get some sleep, suckers.